Welcome to the Dell Technologies Healthcare Power Chat podcast series, where you hear from the experts about healthcare technologies. Welcome to part two of our podcast on clinical workforce challenges and solutions with Dr. Justin Collier, Chief Healthcare Advisor for Worldwide Technology, a key Dell partner. Last time, Dr. Collier shared clinician workforce challenges and side effects, EHR systems positive and negative effects on these challenges, and offered recommendations to improve the clinician experience and fight burnout. Let's pick up the conversation. Dr. Collier, when we left off, we were talking about ways that technology can help with clinical workforce challenges and burnout. We talked about infrastructure modernization. We talked about easing logins and easing other forms of access to the system, both locally and remotely. What's next? We get into the information that you need to get in order to go throughout your day. Things like care coordination, team collaboration, being able to access the information that you need at the time you need it to be able to take care of a given patient is vitally important. Lacking that, you feel like you're making decisions blinded. So making that easily accessible with good collaboration tools, good communication tools, a good clinical data warehouse where the information is accessible. You've got that health information exchange capability, even to see what's happening in other settings of care. So once we've improved the infrastructure, improved access, improved data availability and interchange, does that unlock some further capabilities? We get into some of the other things that can improve the workload itself. Being able to address scarcity of some specialties through telehealth, delivering that expertise at a distance, being able to perhaps de-weigh some of the heavily overworked primary care specialties through telehealth as well, so that the simple and the mundane things can be addressed via telehealth rather than in the clinics. Think about some of the chronic disease management that can be enabled through telehealth as well. Keeping people healthier, certainly better for the patients, but also preventing some of those bigger complications that, again, add to the workload and add to the complexity for the care that has to be delivered. Improving scheduling. There are a lot of great tools out there that can help with that. Being able to address documentation efficiency through the use of speech recognition, the use of actually macros and gaming mice that provide extra buttons so that you can pre-program certain actions to just speed that workflow along. Those would be some great improvements. Are there any studies you could do to help people be more productive? Understanding what's going on with the individuals that are using those clinical systems. Leverage the analytics and the data that you have about who's spending the most time after work and find out what are the things that are slowing them down so that they can get targeted and personalized training to get better at some of those areas that may be challenging for them. And then those AI-driven smart assistants that can automate a lot of the documentation tasks that today are very manual and take away from that clinician to patient interaction. Any of these interventions also need to be framed in a way that we can track what's going on by monitoring the well-being and the impact before and after any intervention is done. When we think about some of the emerging technologies that are coming along, like precision medicine, IoT, digital pathology, how is this impacting the clinical workforce, both positively and negatively? I think anytime that we introduce technology, we really have to make sure that it's done in a workflow-sensitive way and that we are very careful to monitor for any of the unintended consequences that could happen. I think we would all identify with cases where we've tried something that sounded great on paper, but then ended up with some unintended consequences that weren't necessarily the best end-user experience. A lot of pre-planning can prevent a lot of those challenges. But some of the emergency technologies that you listed, precision medicine provides the opportunity for clinicians to make sure that what they're trying to do to treat the patient will work for that individual patient. 
not just that in general that class of treatment happens to work for most of the people that have a given disease state or, or illness, but being able to be sure that it's going to have the desired impact on that individual patient. That's the best definition of precision medicine that I've heard. What other technologies are we talking about? We see an increasing influx of more and more data sources. That's really hard for somebody to manage who's already feeling behind and feeling the pressure of the continuously escalating clinical knowledge base. We have to provide tools that will help to make that concise and easy to consume. We'll provide the clinical decision support in a way that's workflow supportive and not detracting, that doesn't drive alert fatigue, for example, but can do it in a way that's supportive of the clinical decisions that need to be made at the right time to the right clinician for the right patient for the right reasons. So take us deeper into digital pathology's impact on the clinical workforce. Sure. So what we see in general across the health system is that there's more and more pathology interpretation that needs to be done. And especially as we increase our cancer screenings and some of the other things that are really important for catching diseases early and being able to address them when they're still the most treatable. Compounding the challenge is the fact that we have fewer people in that specialty that are able to interpret those things, as well as increasing subspecialization. When you're dealing with glass slides, that can be really difficult. Where do you send them? How do you send them? Are you able to have a backup copy? Are you able to share them with other experts to get second opinions or to get those advanced subspecialists take on a given patient's situation? So how does moving to digital address these challenges? Moving to digital lets you have a backup. It lets you send information over a distance. It lets you tap into those expert resources that are available. It also enables the future possibilities for AI to assist in those interpretations, for AI to provide that safety net or that second opinion, or even just to prompt the pathologist with other images that are like the one that they're looking at currently for a given patient and provide that ready comparison to get more insights and to come to a decision more effectively, more quickly. So finally, the wild, woolly world of IoT in healthcare. Can you tell us how that can impact the clinical workforce? Oh, absolutely. Remote patient monitoring is becoming more and more commonplace. It's better for patients, better for the chronic disease management. Being able to have insight into what's going on with the patient during the white spaces between encounters and office visits so that they can be kept more healthy and we can really understand the trends and what's going on with them a lot better. If all of a sudden all of that data was to dump into a workload for a physician, there's no way that they could possibly keep up. It's absolutely vital to couple that with computer assistance, AI, machine learning, and deep learning that can help to triage that data so that the human element of care is truly paying attention only to what they need to pay attention to and perhaps even prompt them with ways to best address that and help guide what the next step should be. Dr. Collier, do you have any case studies or customer experiences that demonstrate improvement in the clinical workforce experience? One example would be a health system that was able to geofence their campuses and have awareness when clinicians actually walked in the door so that behind the scenes, those virtual desktops could already be warming up for them and also bring that clinician directly to how they want to start their day so that they're presented with the clinical applications ready to go at whichever workstation they happen to decide to start that day. Certainly, we see a lot of single sign-on integration with remote desktop having a big impact as well. And then things that streamline that login, even when it is a single sign-on environment, things like biometric login or tap-and-go or proximity-based logins. And again, if you can save a minute or two for somebody who's logging in 20, 30, 50, 100 times a day or more, you can see how that adds up to real-time savings for them. 
You mentioned speech recognition. Any clinical experiences to share there? Many, many health systems are moving that way to really streamline that clinician experience, being able to fill in forms in a smart way, utilize macros and those types of things. Whether it's truly the cutting-edge AI smart assistant that people talk about that's possibly still as much in development as it is in reality. But there are plenty of speech recognition systems that are out there that have been around for a while that are helping to streamline that process for those who speak faster than they type and who are used to that traditional phone dictation. It can really make a big difference. When we talk about tap and go, can you be more specific how that actually works? As far as easing the login process, sometimes it's tap and go, which is RFID or something like that that's attached to the badge that you touch to a reader that really streamlines that process so you're not having to type in your login and password every time. In other cases, we might use iris scans or fingerprint scans or some form of biometrics instead of leveraging a technology embedded in the badge. Certainly, it can save you a minute or two every time you log in. And when you're talking about 20, 30, 50, 100 times a day that you're logging into a clinical system, that ends up being real-time savings. Dr. Collier, how does worldwide technology work with Dell Technologies to improve the clinical workforce experience? All of the things that we described today are areas where we're working very closely with all of the Dell Technologies companies, whether it's VirtuStream for virtual hosting, whether it's the Dell and EMC storage and compute components that really can speed and improve that infrastructure modernization, whether it's with the VMware team providing those remote desktops and virtual desktop integrations, leveraging VMware's partnership with additional partners like Improvata really to provide those roaming sessions and what we call warming sessions case study that we described earlier where the hospital systems are aware when a clinician is coming into the building and can get that physician or that nurse's session ready to go for them. Being able to roam from desktop to desktop and keep track of where you were in your clinical workflow rather than starting over from scratch. And then being able to access from home or from anywhere with that remote access and the virtual desktop and remote access capabilities. Most of the things that we talked about today rely on our tight partnership together. Where can listeners learn more about the clinical workforce challenges we talked about and their solutions? There's a lot of information that's available out there. In terms of the challenges, certainly the National Association of Medicine, the CDC, the AMA, and others have great resources that are out there that talk about the challenges and possibly even some of the solutions. Several of the other Dell Healthcare Power Chat podcasts actually talk about many of these solutions that we talked about today as well. And then the Dell VMware and WWT websites all have a wealth of information that can be accessed to learn more about the things that you can do in your health system to really make a difference for these clinicians who are facing burnout. You mentioned the hashtag fight burnout early on in the podcast. Can you tell us more about that movement and where can people learn more about that? It's actually a growing and pretty important movement on social media. You can search for the hashtag fight burnout and get a lot of great information from a lot of clinicians who are really dedicated to trying to make a difference. You know, we see the suffering in our colleagues and in some cases in ourselves and our friends. We want to make a difference. And there are a lot of people that are trying to make that difference. I would encourage you to go check it out. Dr. Justin Collier, Chief Healthcare Advisor for Worldwide Technology. This has been a sobering and illuminating discussion on clinical workforce challenges and burnout, but you've given us a lot of hope that there are solutions out there. Any final thoughts? My final thought would be be practical. Look for those incremental improvements that you know you can make that will make a difference. Don't wait until you can have the perfect solution. Thank you again, Dr. Collier. Hashtag fight burnout. And hopefully we can have you back on a future Dell Technologies Healthcare Power Chat. I'll look forward to it. Thanks again.